name is Matt Boswell, and I'm joined today by my co-host and colleague, Dr. Matthew Westerholm. Matt, I'm so uh, glad that you um, uh, called and were able to have this conversation. You started Doxology and Theology. Doxology and Theology really began with a group of people, and I'll tell you some of that backstory. Yeah. Back in 2011, uh, 2012... I, uh, I I was learning and growing by conversations with so many different worship leaders from around the country. And I thought, well, if I'm growing this much, surely others would as well. And that began the idea of a book hmm. that would um, help navigate the conversation of gospel-centered worship uh, in the church. And I shoulder-tapped a number of friends and asked them to write chapters on specific topics within corporate worship and leading worship in the context of a local church. And within 24 hours, everyone had agreed to contribute a chapter to this book, and we were off to the races. A few months later, that turned in also to a conference that we did in the fall of 2012, uh, which was the first time we gathered together under the banner of doxology and theology, which was really a hope just to call worship leaders, uh, to encourage, equip, and train worship leaders in the practice of gospel-centered worship. I love that. I love that story. I love that book, Matt. That's one of my favorite go-to resources for young worship leaders. Um, Tell me a story, like how did the, what was that first conference like? Where was it? What was the, what was the vibe? The first conference we held was in Frisco, Texas, at the church that at the time I was the worship pastor at called Providence Church. And we, with no marketing budget and, uh, and really no idea what we were doing, invited people to come to this worship conference. We had 450 seats, and so we sold 450 tickets wow. in no, no time. And, uh, and then came the logistical struggles of trying to host a conference uh, at a medium-sized church. So we were doing breakout sessions in kids' classrooms, uh, in closets, in the lobby, uh, and so it was a wonderful time together in that first conference. Oh, fantastic! Well, uh, what a what a what a sweet time together. Uh, how did it grow from there? Did you stay in Texas at the end of that conference? Southern Seminary was one of our sponsors and had a booth there. I ended up having a conversation with them at the end of the conference, and they offered to bring the conference to Southern Seminary to a world-class campus full of beauty and space <laughs> where we would have enough room to accommodate more people and um, and could logistically work through things much better. So in 2014, we moved the conference to Southern Seminary, oh, f- and that relationship has been incredible and the campus has been a wonderful place to host our conference. Yeah, let me chip in there. I mean, those were some of the conferences that I started attending. I started attending Doxology and Theology about the time of that transition. And I have to say, brother, those conferences have have just been marked by such a sweet spirit as different worship leaders that love the Lord and love the gospel and love their local church um, gather together from all over the country. And, um, you know, maybe doing worship ministry in their local church feels uh, lonely or they can feel isolated, but boy, you get that group of people together in a room and you give them a chance to sing and you give them a chance to learn. And it's really been marked by a, a really sweet spirit. The joy in the room and in the fellowship that we experience is inexpressible. 
Uh, it has been an incredible joy to gather with worship leaders from around the country and even those around the world uh, for these last few years and think together about biblical worship and how we might hold our uh, thoughts and our practices up to the light of God's word and allow it to have the full and final say on all that we're doing. It's an incredible, unifying, uh, joy-filled conference. And and if I could just um, thank the Lord here and also honor you, brother, I just think the Doxology and Theology Conference is the sort of conference where a lot of different people get together. I think sometimes conferences can be marked by a single demographic or a single um, a unifying aspect to it, but this, for as long as I know, has been marked by different people who have shared convictions about the scripture and about the Lord and about um, the gospel, but come from a variety of different types of churches. Well, and that's a value we really want to continue to uphold. We want to have unity in the essentials, but not uniformity in all of the expressions of music and gathered worship, uh, both around our nation and around the world. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, not only has the conference produced a really sweet experience for the people who have attended, it's also created uh, quite a bit of resources for people to benefit from who weren't at the conference. It was very important from the beginning, knowing we could only hold 450 people at that first conference, but knowing there were many more people who wanted to be there but couldn't. So we were sure that we recorded everything well. So that could be turned into a podcast afterward and could be a continued resource for those leading in local churches for years to come. And by God's grace, we've continued to see that happen. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that makes a pretty decent transition into what we're talking about here, this new podcast. I'm so excited about this podcast. You can't see it, but I am I am literally smiling from ear to ear. Give us an overview on the things we have planned upcoming. Well, this podcast is something I'm really looking forward to, and what we are planning to do is to dive into these fantastic worship resources that have been created through the years of the Doxology and Theology Conference. We have hours and hours of fantastic teaching on the essence of biblical worship, on the values of gospel-shaped liturgies, on the um, uh, tips for songwriters. We have all of this fantastic content that has been generated, and we're just, we thought it would be useful to people if we packaged it up in a new, more accessible way and distributed it for free. Well, I'm glad that we've done this, and I, I think this will continue to be a resource that really helps people. Uh, those familiar with doxology and theology, it'll be a great reminder to see these reformatted in a useful way. And for those who aren't familiar with doxology and theology, a good introduction to uh, who we are, where we've been, and then now where we're moving toward in the future. There are a series of incredible sermons and short talks and breakout sessions that we we'll want to make sure that people have access to and hear for the first time or for the second time. Who are some of the uh, speakers, Matt, that, that you remember being impacted by over the years of this conference? When I think back over the course of uh, the four conferences that we've done, there are so many standout sermons and shorter talks and breakout sessions that I've had the privilege of attending. Yeah. Um, Don Carson's 
sermon out of John 4 is absolutely incredible. I yes. asked him that year to basically go through the 64 pages or so of the first chapter of worship by the book <laughs> and to preach that to us. Uh, that was a remarkable time. Um, Mark Dever and Matt Chandler in the first year, I remember those sermons so well. Uh, Ligon Duncan a few years ago was a wonderful voice to uh, to come and help serve us. Paul Tripp, Tripp Lee. I mean, the list goes on and on. I love all of those speakers, and I've got I've got my own favorites. Let's listen to a few um, highlights from the archives that we've kind of uh, compiled together. All of life is bound up with worship. We offer ourselves to God. We don't go in through proxy, a priest, once a year or three times a year, offering an animal in proxy. We offer ourselves to the living God. That's the very structure of the new covenant. Thus, if we are laying ourselves before the living God, saying wholeheartedly, by faith, through his grace, here I am, have me, do what you want with me, we are worshiping. If your people memorized the lyrics you're planning to sing in church this Sunday, would they be able to share the gospel with somebody in your city? And if not, is it too late to fix that? We must see the gospel at the center of our worship. Each week when we gather together, we are rehearsing and retelling the glorious good news of Jesus. You're doing more than just singing songs. You are heralds of good news. What a beautiful thing. We can disagree about style and methodology all day long, but let me tell you what we're doing at our core. We're singing about the completed work of Jesus. Some people have a very small view of God. Some churches have a very small view of God because they've never encountered a bigger one. They've been fed this little small God every single week who's just like your friend who can get you out of some situations and it makes you smile. When the God of the Bible is much bigger and greater than that and grander, right? Uh, it is a service and a ministry to people when you put good songs before them and you show them a Christ who's greater. And not just saying God is greater, show them how and why God is greater. If you want to know what a people really believe about God, don't spend the time reading their theologians. Watch them worship. Listen to what they sing. Listen to what they say. Listen to how they pray. Then you will know what they believe about this God whom they worship. Despite the, fact that, despite the fact that we remain sinners, despite the fact that we remain corrupted by sin and we struggle and we, and we fail and we, and we disappoint ourselves and we, 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 you know, our, our creativity is, is all bound up and, and still trying to praise ourselves, we still wrestle with that. No Christian, no Christian is free from this cycle of, of sin you know, sort of corrupting everything that we do. But whatever it is, because of the gospel, these things that we do, the life that we live, we offer to God and Christ perfects it. And so whatever work that we're doing, whatever artwork that you're doing, whatever life work that you're doing, whatever acts of service you may be taking part in, you can offer those things to God with all your mixed motivations, with all of your sin, with all of the, that tied up in it, and God receives it perfect in Jesus Christ. And in addition to these, what you can't see or hear, rather, on this podcast are the incredible bands that we've had come in over the years and help lead music for the conference, like the Village Church, and Austin Stone, 
Matt Papa, Sandra McCracken. Matt Boswell. So Can I just add Matt Boswell and his team? Every once in a while, he'll, he'll show up. <laughs> but, you know, um, there's so many highlights that I'm looking forward to revisiting and thinking through. And then, and then also how to apply it to the context of my ministry today uh, through the new release of these podcasts. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, with my role at Southern Seminary as the Executive Director for the Institute for Biblical Worship, I'm so excited to partner with you on this. Uh, You and I, maybe people know or don't know, are now colleagues here at the seminary teaching together. You're still stationed primarily in Texas, uh, pastoring the Trails Church there. We're so excited about what the Lord's doing at the church plant. But it's been a sweet joy for us to work together, serving the Lord in this new way. I am so grateful to be able to serve in a small way at Southern Seminary, to be a part of what the Lord is doing there. Um, it, It does feel like an overflow and expression of what God's doing in even in our local church and to be a part of more broadly what the Lord is doing in training the next generation, specifically of worship leaders and pastors is such a joy to be a part of. So does this podcast mean that we're done with the conference? Does that mean that we're officially wrapping up the, there's no more gatherings together? Dr. Westerholm, it's actually the opposite. We <laughs> Certainly we, not. <laughs> we, uh, we're hoping in the spring of 21 to gather together again. We're yeah. working on all the details of that to be able to release as soon as possible. So stay tuned. I love that. I love the um, just the values and the great thing that the Lord is doing um, with you and with your ministry through doxology and theology and for the... Thanks for the chance to get to play a little role here with it. I love this ministry. Thanks, brother. Glad to partner with you. 